Oh, and welcome to Audible Clutter. This is Michelle. This is Gail. And we are here to talk to you on an election day about politics and music and fun stuff like that. Yes. Because election is election days are good. They should be a national holiday, and voting is sexy, darn it. <laughs> yes. And Gail just got home from putting the paper to bed, except for this year, election day was a difficult year for the news because no voting machines, and over to you. Yes. So it's after 12.30 at night, and we live in York County, Pennsylvania, where the votes aren't counted yet because there were new voting machines and our, our county commissioners didn't spend enough money to get more than one machine that would count ballots at each polling station, and so they ended up with long lines at places and there were paper jams and ballots that didn't fit into the machines that were supposed to count them and the republicans are suing because the republicans are whiny bastards who don't know anything except for cheating and whining yes and suing Yes. So the, but they may have a legitimate complaint. They, this they time, might this actually. time because the <laughs> the state GOP sent an attorney to the York County Courthouse at nine o'clock this evening to say that she was going to file an injunction in the morning to make sure that all of the ballots get counted because apparently there was at least one polling place where when they couldn't when they started to get backed up with lines and or there was a jam or something, for some reason they couldn't feed the ballots into the machine to get counted fast enough, so they just started putting them in a bag. But they put them in, oh, okay, not just a bag, a suitcase. But still, so there was a suitcase full of ballots that had to travel like 20 miles from Fairview Township to the York County Courthouse to get counted which isn't supposed to happen because we because this this year we're getting we were supposed to get these paper ballots uh, these these machines that would count paper ballots in the hopes that it would be harder to hack them and that sort of thing but our County commissioners were too cheap to buy more than one machine for each polling place, and so... Plus, you don't get a paper receipt. Yeah, you don't get a receipt. It was really weird voting. I mean, it was... They had Sharpies, which bled through, because you yeah, had cause the you bubble had, thing. Because they gave you a paper ballot to fill out, and you had to, like, fill in the bubble like you do on, like, the SAT tests or whatever. But they... We did it in Sharpies instead of the number two pencils, which everyone knows is what you're supposed to do, those <laughs> And they bled through so that, and they used both sides of the paper. Well, to be fair, I asked the, the woman yeah. who was in charge, and she said that it wasn't scanning where they bled through, it scanned the other column. Mm-hmm. But there was no, not the snow screen that showed who you voted for or anything or like that. Or anything like that. So it was kind of a weirdly unsatisfactory experience, yeah. actually. Yeah, and, and I thought that the whole point <laughs> of like this was... It looked like a paper shredder, which is... It did of... look like a paper shredder. It, it, I thought the whole point of this was that you were supposed to get some sort of receipt that would show you that your vote was being counted the way you wanted it to be counted. But that didn't happen at all. There was nothing that, I mean, there was a little screen that said, okay, your ballot counted. Well, I guess that's part of why there's some machines 
that give you a paper receipt and some machines that don't, and the ones that give you a paper receipt are apparently more... Sophisticated. So, well, probably more expensive and less likely mm-hmm. to be hacked or less likely to be interfered with. You have proof, but I guess these machines aren't them. No, they really aren't. Yeah, well, didn't Wolf have to advance the funding because... Um, the federal government, Mitch McConnell, is sitting on election security bills. Yeah. Oh, I just read recently. Um, let's pause here because I want to look something up. Okay. Um, but I just read something. I get to remember Michelle's passcode number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a tweet from ABC, a joint statement from the DOJ, DOD, DHS, DNI, FBI, NSA, and CISA on securing ensuring security of 2020 elections. Attorney General William Barr, Secretary of Defense Mark Esper, Acting Secretary of Homeland Security Kevin McGillan, Acting Director of National <laughs> Intelligence Joseph McGuire, FBI Director Christopher Wray, U.S. Cyber Command Commander and NSA Director General Paul Nekasoni, and CISA Director Christopher Krebs today released the following joint statements. Today, dozens of states and local jurisdictions are hosting their own elections across the country, and less than a year from now, Americans will go to the polls and cast their votes in the 2020 presidential election. Election security is a top priority for the United States government. Building on our successful whole government approach to securing 2018 elections, we have increased the level of support to state and federal local election officials in their efforts to protect elections. The federal government is prioritizing the sharing of threat intelligence and providing support and services that improve the election infrastructure across the nation. Skip... Um, our advers- um, skipping a paragraph, our adversaries want to undermine our democratic institutions, influence public sentiment, and affect government policies. Russia, China, Iran, and other foreign malicious actors will seek to interfere in the voting process or influence voter perceptions. Adversaries may try to accomplish their goals through a variety of means, including social media campaigns, directing disinformation operations, or conduct- conducting disruptive or destructive attacks on state and local infrastructure. Another, in the last paragraph, the U.S. government will defend our democracy and maintain transparency with the U.S. public about our efforts. An informed public is a resolute public. Inform yourself, that's me. Um, back to this. Americans should go to trusted sources for election information, such as our state and local election officials. We encourage every American to report any suspicious activity to local officials, the FBI or DHS. In past election cycles, reporting by Americans about suspicious activity proved valuable insight, which has made our elections more secure. The greatest means to combat these threats is the whole of society effort. Just a note, asking for help from foreign actors is a violation of American election law. Yes. So if you see anybody doing that, report them. Yeah. And Republicans actually start following the law and stop begging for help. Because if you can't win, you should be ashamed that you can't win unless you cheat. So... Um, Mitch McConnell is sitting on election security bills and election funding, whining about how there's enough stuff in place. And today is obviously proved that there is not enough stuff in place mm-hmm. because this was a, just a local election. There were no national offices and there were already lines. And this prevents people from voting. This especially prevents people from voting who have childcare or school. Yeah. And this is how Republicans win by trying to suppress the vote. That's one of the things that they mention that doesn't get specifically mentioned, but the Russians try to suppress the vote. They try to convince you your vote doesn't matter. Your vote does matter. And so does calling your elected representative and telling them to put pressure on McConnell so that we can actually get some election security in. And the Honest Ads Act. Yes. To get honesty in political ads. And that's my little rant. Okay. So back to <laughs> machines and etc. Oh, yeah. There were... 
actually one of our reporters did talk to people who left the line and didn't vote because they had to go pick up their kids at school and that sort of thing. And they didn't think it was going to take half an hour to vote in a local election yeah. because it shouldn't. Did you, you know sh- what the voter turnout is? No, because we don't know the vote. We don't know the count at all. We know nothing. Wow. One o'clock on the now the morning after election day. We know nothing. It's like we're back in the nineteen nineties. <laughs> <laughs> it's we no, even then we knew because they would like count up the ballots and post them on the door of every yeah. polling place and we would send people around to gather up the counts and then add them up ourselves. But we can't do that because all of the information now gets gathered at the voting office electronically and we can't do anything until they post it on their website. Huh. It's really, really annoying. So voting results here are pending. In other places though, there are some good signs for democracy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because AP is is still saying, oh, the Kentucky uh, governor's race is too close to call. But I think everyone has pretty much realized that um, Bashir is in, and well, he's going to whine scummy, and complain, and scummy Republican guy is out. He's going to whine and complain, and well, bitch, yes. But the fact that every other Republican on the ballot got elected kind of cuts his claims. I, that... it, it really does, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Kentucky's and the, got their first black attorney general. Yes, and he's a Republican. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, first black attorney general. So that's something. Well, but, yeah. he, in an ideal world, not all Republicans are evil Nazi scum, and so <laughs> except for this guy, even though he's black, was on a stage with Trump, so that leads yeah. him toward evil Nazi scum. Yeah. But it's sad yeah. when you can't be happy that. A black guy has won an office that has never been won by a black guy before, yeah. But Virginia completely flipped. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to actually say something more about Kentucky. Okay. Um, Well, Trump was in in Lexington on Monday saying, you have to keep... I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Bevin. Bevin. Bevin has to keep his office... This is all about me. Everything's about me. If you if he doesn't win his election, that reflects badly on me. Well, ha. <laughs> he a, didn't win his election. So. Gail is a Kentucky native, so yeah, I can say that. Ha. <laughs> I met Mitch McConnell when I was in fifth grade, and he was a, a Jefferson County commissioner, and I had to go get signatures from county commissioners for a scavenger hunt for class, which was fun. Oh, okay. Anyway. That was fun. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take another pause and be right back. Uh, All right, we are back and... We have decided to talk about Virginia. Yes, because tonight Virginia turned both houses of its state legislature over to the Democrats, and it already has a Democratic... Governor, and this hasn't happened in 26 years. So, yay, Virginia. Um, Although the Democratic governor is the blackface dude. He is. So, yes. there was so a devil's bargain made there. There was. Yeah. But still. 
Well, but, well, but one of the things that um, the Democrats have run on in their platform was that they're going to now pass the ERA, the uh, Equal Rights Amendment. So they will be the 38th state to do so. Yes, which means that that might actually get into the Constitution. Which would be awesome. It would be. I don't... How long has it been since there was a new constitutional amendment? I don't know. I don't think it's happened since we've been alive. No, because the ERA was when we were in, like, 76 or something, Yeah, it it was. Because I remember being an idiot and thinking that women didn't need an amendment because everybody should be equal, and that's... Yeah, everybody should be Everybody should be equal, but... You probably have to tell people that everybody should be equal. Well, you have to tell white men. Yes, you (laughs) have to tell white men that everybody This is apparently... This election is apparently the 100th anniversary of when Susan B. Anthony voted illegally, and that's how... No, it oh. can't be. It's the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. Oh, well, then that's, of course. 1919. Huh. Well, that's better. Yeah. Yeah, when we've only been voting for 100 years. Yeah, women have only been voting nuts. for 100 years. So it would be a major step forward if the Equal Rights Amendment got in. Yes, it would be. Yeah, because that would codify that Women should be paid the same amount as men. Women should have the same opportunities as men. Women, yeah, it, it, it would just be, it would get us to a more level playing ground. Yes, so we would have to actually do the work on the ground, but at least but then the courts couldn't. Couldn't say that it wasn't already in the law. Yeah. So, yes, Virginia going blue is very interesting. Yes, it is. So on that note, once again, it is a slightly more hopeful election. Register to vote. If you are not registered to vote, check your registration. If you are not, if you haven't checked your registration. If you didn't vote today. If you didn't vote today, make sure you check your registration because they are purging the polls as much as they can. Do not let anyone talk you out of voting. Your vote is literally your voice. And if we can go out there and talk to people and connect with them with stories, we can make progress in this country. Yes. We can make human, we can be better humans and help each other and make a better life for kids because we should make a better life for kids. We really should. All kids should have a better life. All kids should have a better chance for life. Mm -hmm. For a better life. The playing field should be equal. Yes. (sighs) And there are a lot of people working on that sort of thing like we went to see black violin yes which was so so cool because black violin is these two guys who these two black guys who met in orchestra class in high school and they said that they would be in orchestra class in second period and playing mozart and beethoven and then they go to third period and they'd be playing Wu-Tang Clan, or whoever else was in at the moment. And what they've done is just kind of combine that so that you get the experience of these, this, uh, this violinist who is a maestro. Oh my God, the violinist was he phenomenal. is incredible. Um, and there was a woman dancing in the aisles because she was... Yeah. Just moved by the music, and I was right there with. I mean, I wasn't dancing in the aisles with no, him. No, but, but you could. I, it I, I, yeah. was just amazing the way he was playing, and he was playing the violin like he was a rock star because he is. Because 
they they take the classical music and then they add to it with the the drums and the DJ and they maybe sometimes they added vocals or other or keyboard or something else but it was just incredible yes and they Dude. stood up there they have a new album out um take, take the, the stairs. stairs and it's called the impossible tour and part of what they say is that you should step outside your box you should do the things that people tell you you can't do you should do the things you want to Mm-hmm. And they've been working with uh, Turnaround Arts, which is a John F. Kennedy Center program, Center for the Performing Arts mm-hmm. program founded by mm-hmm. Obama's Committee on the Arts and Humanities in 2012. And they have their own um, charitable foundation mm-hmm. to um, bring arts education to struggling schools and underserving communities because the arts do so much when you have a chance. And that's part of why we do Upstart is to try to bring art af- our free art, affordable art, art that we give out of love to the community we live in. Yeah. Because you invest your talents in your community, you invest your talents in people, and then when people like the dudes in black violin um, will be on the viola and Kev Marcus on the violin, they take it out to the community. I mean, the Cap, the Appel Center was packed. It, it was. was a huge crowd. It was a huge all-ages crowd. And there was such a great vibe. There was. And the, for the finale... Everybody was standing up and waving their hands, and it was just incredible. And we were walking by the stage door after the concert, and there was a gang of women waiting for these men to come out and talking, talking about how they were close enough to that they were they were talking about how good they smelled and that sort of stuff. It, it just it was just amazing. Yeah, the dudes were saying that they could have been doctors and they could have been lawyers, but mm-hmm. what they wanted to do was art, and they wanted to inspire other artists. Yeah, and they said that they, that you know, other other kids their age were were go were going for football scholarships and basketball scholarships and all this, and they got a full ride playing their instruments, and they're still doing that every night at a different place and they love and, it and they and love you can it see so that love. Much. you can hear that love you, you can, can feel literally feel that love as it goes from the music through the crowd yeah. <laughs> and i was thinking that um exuberant excellence is should really be your only goal i mean to be able to do something at the edge of your skill capabilities and to do it with such joy, and I told Gail that this this raises the bar on what we need to do with Twelfth Night, and mm-hmm. that she has to get out her instrument and start yeah. practicing. But I mean, it's it's part of where art lives best is when you are challenged and when you are challenged and connecting with people. And and I've gotten so much more paid so much more attention to the impact you have as an artist on the audience, mm-hmm. and how you why I want to get people to have that much joy from watching a show, a Shakespeare yeah. show. I actually was reading this, um, I just recently went on a, a rant because I was reading somebody's paper on Arthur Fry. Mm. And he was talking about the end of The Tempest where Prospero kind of turns over the experience to the audience. Hmm. And the same with Quince in Midsummer, where it's, it is what your imagination makes of it. And I thought hmm. that this is what people writing fan fiction do. And you know things like that and it was yeah. a really interesting way to approach it is to see 
Prosper at the end of The Tempest just kind of handing off the experience. The characters on stage, they go off to deal with their own things and it leaves you as an audience member to take your own experience and put it into your life somehow. Hmm. And I thought, that's a really cool way to think of it. That really is, yeah. <laughs> you know, to think of it as an artist from that perspective, to flip around and try to imagine what you can get your audience to carry away and to, to take into their hearts and to take home and, hmm. and put in their life, which characters, you know, can speak to them or can encourage them or can inspire them. So yeah, Black Violin was really, really cool and really, really inspiring. And I really want to write an AEU for Love Live where the soldier game people discover that they just don't have to do classical music. They can also do classical music and drumming or dancing or whatever. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, I love, I get so, music is really the thing that inspires me. And I'm only like on the outside of it because I don't actually actively play an instrument since I gave up the harmonica. I did take baritone classes for a couple of years in middle school, but band and concert band or marching band and field hockey overlapped and I like field hockey. Mm -hmm. um, and plus I was never particularly good at finding notes. I would have to slide into them. Mm -hmm. But um, music is, I find it's, for how I find inspiration and how I express moods and how I vent off steam. <laughs> and so um, the, the Black Violin Black, Black violin and Mavis Staples and artists like that that they've been ha ha coming to the Appel Center have just been amazing. And I'm very grateful that they decided to have a Christmas in July sale so I could actually buy tickets and go see them. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So any wrap-up about art, music? Black Violin. Listen to them. Buy their Listen. album. See them live. See them live if you can. They said, film us, record us. You can see their live performances, but go be there live because there really is nothing like being there live with mm -hmm. people who love what they're doing and do it as best they can and with all of their heart and body and soul. There's nothing like a live performance and there's nothing like being there with people and knowing that you're all feeling the music together and yet individually and yet it's a group experience and that's really what humaning should be okay i think on that note we should have it up go be human go be human and make sure you register to vote yes all right take care this is michelle this is gal and we are signing off as soon as i plug in my passcode all righty take care we will see you listen or talk to you next week bye